Welcome back to our Retail Smarts podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we have our Young Retailer of the Year, Stephen Mangin, who is here to talk to us about his experiences, certainly as our young retailer, um, and also just, you know, to tell us about his experiences in retail. So, Stephen, where are you working at the moment and what have you been doing with yourself? Thanks for having me, Dom. Um, I am currently employed as an assistant buyer with Haynes Brands, um, which is super cool. And I kind of got here through the store. So I started with the business in store around six and a half years ago while I was still in school. Tried a few different study paths. You know, at one point thought I wanted to be a scientist and that didn't work out for me. And decided that fashion was right for me um, and that retail was actually serious and genuine career path that I was I was passionate about. Um, and lo and behold, here we are. Well, look, we're certainly very happy that you stuck with retail and, and decided that, you know, you're all about the fashion and certainly spending time with you in New York. Um, I think that is absolutely um, the case. I mean, I can't imagine you being a scientist. Um, what is it that attracted you to retail in terms of it being a long-term career as opposed to, you know, something that you did at university? I think um, retail as a career, it's really interesting um, because there is so much opportunity and it is always um, changing and moving, but it's not really a career path that you're educated on in school or through the education system, um, which is why I never really considered it seriously. It was always just my job. Um, while I was studying something else. And it wasn't until all of those pathways didn't lead to much um, that I kind of fell back on my my job that I was just doing to make ends meet. And, yeah, I just had this kind of light bulb moment and and a session with a really good manager I had at the time where we realised that I loved product, I loved um, apparel, and I loved working with customers and that we actually could make something more, more cemented and more prosperous with this. I think time and time again, you know, when we hear stories about, you know, people choosing to stay on and to grow, you know, it, it really does come down to the kind of manager they had or the kind of leadership that um, they were exposed to at the time. And what do you think was different about that particular manager, say, compared to others that you might have worked with in the past? She was really um, transformational, um, you know, not kind of dictator-like or anything, really friendly, really open, and we were able to have a lot of those career-based discussions even before they were about retail. So, um, you know, mentorship beyond the realms of the four walls of the store. Um, And, you know, when you share that compassion and that kind of empathy um, with your team, I think that's when, when the great opportunities come through. And, you know, to this day she's still one of my most amazing and most remembered managers and now as I go on my own journey to become a leader in this industry, I still definitely draw on everything that I loved about working for her. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's um, certainly a, an absolute credit to her because, uh, you know, we wouldn't have this year's young retailer um, without all the effort and mentorship that um, certainly she gave you at the time. So, um, you know, it just goes to show just how important, I guess, those store managers are um, and funnily enough for us, you know, one of our biggest growing categories, you know, for our awards now has become store manager of the year as well. Um, so I really do think the two categories go hand in hand. Um, so look, part of, I guess, the award um, has been that um, the prize was to take you to the National Retail Federation's big show in New York during New York um, Retail Week. 
and to basically take you on a bit of a retail study tour um, just to various stores and and to see the trends that were happening in retail I mean how did you how would you describe the experience it was amazing it was incredible to see uh, different things that different retailers are doing around the world the different challenges they're facing and how you know they relate to to Australia and how these kinds of issues are, are becoming more globalised every day and more, more shared, particularly around sustainability and, and environmental care. Um, yeah, the week was just incredible. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, in terms of um, certainly our experience being there with you, I mean, we were able to meet with 65 different countries um, you know, that had their own retail associations and all of them were saying, you know, the same thing, that certainly sustainability was very much top of mind for retailers in terms of their concerns. Certainly crime was one of those things, cost of labour and really just um, building retail as a career, um, certainly for young people was another thing that really came out. I think with the trade fair, I mean, you and I visited over 6,000 exhibitors, I think, on the first day. Um, what was your, yeah, what was your favourite part about the exhibitors the exhibitors were really cool there was I mean there was so many it was such a, an incredibly stimulating experience to see how these um you know different stalls were posing new developments and and kind of shaping the future of the industry I think what really took it to the next level was on the top floor of the expo was the innovation hall it was called um and it was all of this new kind of Japanese, Israeli tech um, and yeah, new technology from around the world. It's just really set to revolutionise the industry. So think um, kind of stock management systems, um, you know, different kind of pause systems and different ways to um, change the way that consumers shop and, you know, merge that omni-channel experience. Um, yeah, and some of the things coming through were just absolutely amazing to witness and just mind-blowing. I mean, I think that we both saw um, Texel, which was, you know, someone who'd created a holographic avatar that you could upload into apparel websites that would have your dimensions. So effectively you could purchase clothes that would fit your specific body shape. Um, you know, some of the other things we saw are, you know, around um, 3D printing of food and um, certainly robotics um, and drones played a big part. I mean, what was your favourite of the technologies? I think um, there was also a lot of uh, different interesting ways to extract consumer data for businesses, mm -hmm. um, which was incredible. You know, they had people scanners that would go to the next level and be able to scan consumers as they entered the store and assess their, their age, their demographic, their gender, even down to their mood. So a retailer could assess the mood of these consumers as they entered the store and as they exited um, and, you know, get a gauge on how they felt about their shopping experience within their specific environment. And look, part of some of the other things that we did um, was visit stores around New York as well. Um, and look, that ranged from certainly Tiffany's Homeware store through to um, Package Free, which was really interesting. Um, and I think we also, you know, we visited Camp, which is, I think, rated as one of the world's best toy stores. Um, what was your favourite of the retailers that we visited? My goodness, they were also amazing and definitely 
definitely if you ever want to do um, a great store tour um, of different storefronts, New York is the place to do it because they are incredibly inventive um, and incredibly stimulating. But my favourite would have to be Slumu, which was a pop-up, uh, Slumu the Institute of Slime it's called, and it was a pop-up installation um, in Soho. And basically it was just this sensory celebration of slime in all of its forms. Um, and you pay entry to go in and then you are briefed on the history of slime and you get to experience all different textures and colours and, and smells of slime. You get to throw it, you get dunked in it, you get to use it as a calming agent. So you get hooked up to an electroencephalograph that measures your brainwaves um, while you try and you know, use the slime in your hands um, and compete against your partner to see who can become calmer through the use of slime, which I did lose to Dom at. I was a little bit too, <laughs> too tense. Um, and then at the end they have this amazing DIY slime booth where you go in and you select your colour from, from hundreds and, and your scent and what texture do you want? Do you want it to be, you know, sticky or oily or buttery? Um it just sounds, you know, completely absurd to anyone who isn't in there within the experience, but it's so unique um, and so sensory and so stimulating that it's actually impossible to leave there without buying something. I mean, what was really fascinating to me was just um, the way in which retailers had reinvented themselves within New York. So not only are they selling products now, they'd also created almost a subscription service as well as, um, you know, having entry fees as part of, you know, just this concept of um, experience being you know, completely, just completely engulfing all of your senses. I mean, one of the other things that, of course, we went to was the Ice Cream Museum as well, which was another pop-up. And now I think they've got multiples. They've got them in San Francisco and New York because they're so popular, greatly thanks to the Kardashians, I think. Um, but just the whole concept of, you know, being able to kind of hear, taste, touch, smell, um, all of these different rooms um, was just quite incredible and, and you know, still kind of have that um, shop feel, still be able to purchase merchandise. But also, you know, in some instances like camp, I mean, they're selling subscriptions where you can drop your kids off three times a week and, and they can play with all the toys and engage with, you know, their workers who will kind of look after your kids um, for a period of time. It was really fascinating to me as, you know, a new version of retail with different types of revenue streams. What jumped out about, like, for you when it came to retailers in New York? I, like, definitely agree with everything that um, you just said. It's just all about reinventing the wheel and what it means to be a store, what it means to be a shop front, and what it means to engage consumers in, in new different ways. You know, these different kind of models, they build hype and, and they build FOMO and um, the other thing, particularly with the ice cream museum, was it was a great opportunity to build content in an era where we're so socially driven as well. You know, around every single corner, there was a new photo opportunity, you know, which targets a whole new age of consumer as well. They were probably the key takeouts from, from my experience. I think um, just obviously being um, in New York, I mean, it, everything is so much bigger and bolder than sometimes what we see here, um, but also just the concept of entertainment as service. So you might recall that um, in Times Square we walked past 
Um, you know, there were a number of clothing outlets. Um, and of course, there's the Disney store, which is kind of the epitome of that customer experience in terms of customer service. But there was also a store that had their, their employees out singing almost a chant to get people to come into the store, you know, only related to this one particular apparel brand, which I just, I'm not sure that you would see anywhere else um, in the world or whether or not it would work. I mean, what were some of the things that you think were unique to that New York experience? Um, I think the thing that is quite unique about a place like New York where it's such a big city is um, there's such a big, such large traffic with tourism as well, that people go to New York, um, they're thinking about Broadway and they're thinking about theatre and performance and, and, you know, a really unique experience. So to them, that's all part of experiencing the city. Um, so, you know, and the locals don't really bat an eye with that. I think, you know, in a more, a demographic that was more localised, um, you know, the suburban kind of destinations, you certainly wouldn't expect to have shopkeepers at the front of their stores singing at you while you're going to do your groceries um, in some of these smaller malls, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I get asked about, I mean, when we talk about sustainability as well and something that struck me um, about New York is this new rise of kind of vintage and recycled fashion. And I know that you in particular love to partake in some of those outlets, particularly in Williamsburg. Tell me about that experience and, you know, whether you think we're going to see or are already seeing similar things in Australia. I think definitely it's the way things are going with a focus on on waste and sustainability um, and also Simultaneously with that, we're seeing growth in interest in brands and labels and, again, that kind of social media piece. So, you know, Vintage ticks both of the boxes on those. We're recycling older fashion and people are able to shop into these brands secondhand that they wouldn't otherwise be able to at, at full price. I mean, in Williamsburg, the turnover is huge. People, you know, there's always queues out the door of these thrift stores of people returning clothes and redeeming them for vouchers and then going and spending them again in the store, which is a great model and totally unique to kind of the fast fashion volume retail that we're, we're used to as consumers. Um, I think definitely there's room to, to grow in that area in Australia. I mean, how do you feel about H&M's announcement that they're looking to be completely circular by 2030? I mean, that's an enormous, I mean, for a business that size, it's an enormous goal to set, but obviously, you know, incredible if they can pull it off. And I guess if anyone can pull it off, it'll be them. I mean, as a consumer and working in fashion, what do you think about that? It's a, it's a great commitment. Um, and I really can't wait to watch them take the steps to achieve this. I think, you know, it's definitely the way that things need to go and it's going to take a few of these really big key players to, to commit and to execute for a lot of these other brands to be able to follow. So good on them for being the trailblazers. I'm really interested to see how they manage an assortment of, you know, fabrications and shapes across their store um, and how they maintain that circular model across the the entire assortment um but absolutely hats off to them so given that you've now gone through our process as young retailer of the year i mean what are your top tips for those people considering entering this year i think i mean don't think twice about entering it's a fabulous experience and even if you know i didn't progress as far as i did the lessons from just completing the application and 
going through those steps were um, incredibly insightful as well. But if nothing else, you get to update your resume along the way, which I don't know if anyone else out there is like me, but I am very slack at doing that. Um, but just absolutely straight, stay true to your passions. Um, make sure that the application represents you and your personality and everything that you stand for in this industry. And have fun with it as well. You know, not everything has to be so, so serious. We're very pleased to announce that um, next year's winner will also be um, off to New York um, to attend the National Retail Federation's big show, courtesy of Retail Global this year. I mean, what is your tip for um, the winner or next year's winner in terms of how to tackle, you know, big show and the 6,000 exhibitors and and I guess just what would you I recommend? I did a bit of research before I left on the key exhibitors and the things I wanted to target um, and built a bit of a plan. I downloaded the app. And I kind of threw it all out the window about 10 minutes into the trip. There's just so much to absorb and it's such a stimulating experience. I would just encourage you to go in with an open book, speak to everyone you meet um, and just take it all in, particularly at the expo. There's so many different exhibitors um, and speakers and, yeah, sometimes the best way to, to absorb things is just to wander around. And look, we certainly our experience um, dealing with you is you become a bit of a prolific networker. I mean, what are your tips for, you know, I guess anyone in the industry in terms of just making contact and, and getting to know other professionals? I think just being unafraid to approach people and initiate conversation, you know, Sometimes the people are so different, so it doesn't come so naturally. But generally speaking, people were quite interested in particularly the award and, and my career, although it be very young in the industry, um, and my viewpoints on some of the challenges that we are facing now in the industry. So definitely it's just about getting that confidence to be a little bit more shameless and, and put yourself out there um, and say yes to things. You know, go to every event that you get invited to um, and just, just talk to people. And where do you think we will see you in, say, the next five years? Five years, okay. I think I will absolutely still be loving this industry as much as I do today. Um, hopefully my ambition is to grow globally, um, particularly in New York City. So by five years I would hope that I would be working somewhere, somewhere there, um, particularly in apparel. Um, and, you know, working on some of these big challenges that we're facing at the moment. They're not going anywhere. I think it's really important that we all, all do our bit, no matter how big or small our footprint is in this industry. Yeah, excellent. I think they're, they're really important tips, um, certainly for anyone considering entering or, um, you know, for obviously our, our future winners um, as well. I mean, I must say I thoroughly enjoyed doing New York Retail Week by your side. Um, I think that you really did embrace the true meaning of, of this award in the sense that you did really talk to anyone. Didn't matter what situation we put you in, whether it was, you know, attending um, black tie events or, you know, attending um, events where lesser known rappers were performing or um, whether it was 6,000 exhibitors or putting you in a podcast booth with very little notice. I mean, I think you really embraced the whole experience and um, certainly we're very keen to see what happens um, with you in the next five years and, you know, and even longer than that, because I think that, 
you know, you really have the capacity to be um, quite an icon in the industry. And, and look, and we know that in, you know, 1982, the CEO of Dimix was runner up um, in our retail awards. Um, so, you know, there is definitely lots of big names that have come through, I think, um, our award system and, you know, it's quite a rigorous testing process. So it's an absolute credit to you. And I certainly know that anyone that we have introduced you to or that you've had contact with has, you know, really enjoyed, um, their interactions and, and just, I guess the quality of retail worker that you are. So um, I think you are an absolute credit to the industry and, and we're very lucky to have you. So thank you for joining us today and for being part of our podcast and, and certainly part of our retail tour of New York. We'll absolutely stay in touch. And I, I know that you are certainly participating at the conference for retail global this year on the Gold Coast and, and will be also in attendance at our awards ceremony that's also coming up in August. So we're looking forward to seeing you again and, and getting you to tell your story to more aspiring retail workers. Thank you, John. It's been so incredible, um, you know, going through the whole awards process and, and taking out the title and then being able to share New York alongside you as well. I just hope that, yeah, my story inspires other people to stick with the industry. It's pretty, pretty amazing to be a part of it. And yeah, go retail. Awesome. Go retail. Want to know more about the Australian retail industry? Visit nra.net.au for more insights just like these.